right, my friends, I am really excited for today's interview. I am I'm actually at the Executive Pastor Seminar in Dallas, Texas, and um, I'm hanging out here in the lobby of the hotel, so you're going to hear lots of background noise, but I couldn't miss this opportunity to interview um, a good friend of mine, somebody who has been a mentor and just really intentionally invested in me through the years. Um, Dan Ryland, and uh, if you have been around the church world, you are probably familiar with Dan. He is just, he's a legend in church culture and uh, in leadership specifically. Dan serves as executive pastor, right, of right. 12 Stone Church? Right, I do now, uh-huh. Yes, and, uh, and so I'm really excited for you guys to meet Dan, to hear a bit more about him and his story, and then I'm just this episode is probably going to be more like Dan mentoring me, is really what this is going to be like. <laughs> so, Dan, thanks for taking the time, and uh, we're, we're going to try to back, block out the background noise. We'll block out the background noise, and this is fun. I love your spontaneity. <laughs> Let's just make this happen. We'll have fun. Yeah. We are, you know, live at the forum, right? No, exactly. We're live at the XP seminar, Yeah. and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, I, I mean it when I say, Dan, you've been, I, I don't know how many years ago it was, but it was when I was serving at Crosspoint in Nashville, and some, I, I don't remember specifically how we connected, but I remember as a young XP, just feeling so grateful that you gave time and attention to me as a developing uh, leader. And, uh, and we were in an XP group together. I think that, we did. That was was that the first time we met? Was in an XP group. Together? Actually, in the group, yes. Uh huh. Other, other than a phone connect, yeah. 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 And so, and then through the years, um, anytime I reach out, you're quick to respond. And then I've had the opportunity to come and spend some time with your team. And uh, so, just grateful for your friendship and just the way that you intentionally invest in leaders. So it's this is going to be fun. My pleasure. It's fun, and and it was great having you in to teach our staff at Twelve Stone Church. You did a great job, and um, yeah, so let's see what happens here. I'm, <laughs> what I'm sure will happen is we'll learn from each other. And by the way, I've learned code for legend. So I don't... Uh-oh, uh-oh. What legend means, it's a nice way of saying I'm old. So I, I'm, not, I'm not buying the legend thing. Any, I used to get sucked into that, you know. Oh, he's, the Yoda, he's the Yoda of, X, of XPs. No, 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 that's code for old. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I think we, I, I feel like we, my generation and probably younger, don't take enough advantage of the leaders who are a few steps ahead of us mm. and really seeking to learn. And I know there's been, I, there's been way too many times in my story where probably just enough arrogance and ego make me think I can figure it out. And I'm not as intentional to reach out to the voices who are a few steps ahead of me. Hmm. And uh, one of the things I appreciate about you is that you've always demonstrated a willingness to, you know, be available hmm. to other younger leaders. Yeah. And so um, you are a legend. You are the Yoda. I mean, <laughs> just own it because it's just it's, own it. Just wear it, right? <laughs> right. Wear it, just yeah. own it. But we meet it with the utmost sincerity and appreciate I appreciate that. Thank you. So if you would give everybody a little bit of the backstory, I mean. Work, you, yeah, yeah well, I'll let you give the story. Sure, sure. Well, actually, it goes back to John Maxwell. I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah, where I was, my claim to fame is that I broke the internship. Oh, nice. So, yes, yes. So I was, his, I was John Maxwell's very first intern in 1982, That's Jenny, amazing. 82. You I were probably alive. You were alive. You were alive. wearing so. knee socks. But yeah. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, so he was at the church there in San Diego, Skyline Church. Yeah. And I came aboard as the, his first intern and his last 
he, funny. I, he, I broke the internship. He brought me in, and he, and he shut down the internship after. Never had another intern after. So, but the redemption to the story is he hired me at the end of that year. Okay. Now, I'll give you an old title we don't use anymore as his CE director. Do you remember that title? Oh, I don't know that title. Christian Education oh, Director. Oh, for sure. Okay. Now it's Spiritual Formation and other right. cool names, right? Yep, the so Christian I, Education. I did yeah. that, and uh, for about seven of those, six or seven of those 13 years, and then he heard, you know, he was very innovative, mm -hmm. and so he heard the term executive pastor. I don't know where he heard it. I think some, some of the buddies, up, he had Chuck Swindoll and some of those guys up there, and and uh, and he asked me to be his executive pastor. We didn't know what, what that it, really meant. We really didn't. Yeah. We tried for a year to figure out what my job was, and and we, I, we and we couldn't. I said, you know what, John, this isn't working. We don't know what we're doing. Right. And so I said, why don't we figure out what your job is? Yeah. And then I'll do, I'll take everything else. And nice. that worked. Yeah. That worked. Yeah. So this is a fun part of the, the story. Um, I actually ended up in what I think has been written up in a couple of stories as the first XP group ever. Oh. I read it from, I don't know if it, maybe even David Fletcher or Leadership Network or, because it started originally with Peter Drucker. Okay. Kind of the, the dream of it. And yeah. then and then it went forward. But the guys, you know, Paul Salehammer with Chuck Swindoll and, yeah. And uh, um, Glenn DeMaster with, with uh, um, Robert Schuler and that, the whole Southern California game. Well, I was the kid uh -huh. in the group. In the group, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's where it started. Then years with 20 years with John, and then God called me to 12 Stone Church, where I've been for 19 years. That's amazing. I didn't realize it's been 19 years at 12 Stone Church. This October. That's amazing. That's awesome. Well, um, I, I, what's, what's, I mean, all that history with Maxwell, and uh, and yet, I, I feel like, I mean, if I if I had worked for Maxwell, I think I probably would be like shouting that from the mountaintops. But like, you're so chill about it. You know, you're like, yeah, worked for Maxwell, spent 20 years there, no big deal. Like, but tell us a little bit about that that journey of, I mean, because that had to, I mean, from that first internship to when you left Maxwell, the growth and, and oh. things that happened oh. in that era in those two decades had to have been remarkable. It was remarkable. I'm I'm. To, I'm forever in grateful and in, 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 in debt. That doesn't sound right, but in, in, I'm just forever grateful for his mentoring, for his sure. patience, for his. Because I, you know, I started off very, actually, a very confident kid, yeah, you know, sure. in ministry until I discovered I wasn't as good as I thought I was, and then I kind of lost my confidence right. after a while because yeah. when you realize. Holy oh, moly, you know, and I, I remember Jenny, actually, he would let me teach workshops in the, in the conferences where he was speaking to thousands, Sure. and I'm embarrassed of what I said back then, because I didn't know what I was talking about, but sure. I, I, I sort of um, copied his boldness and copied his, uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. and I, but I didn't know how to put it on. It wasn't really me yet. Sure. Yeah. So, so all those years where he mentored and spoke honestly and very, very lovingly and, and, and yet pushed and stretched and he, he, oh, yeah. he, he's, he's a fireball. Yeah. Two, two things John has always been and still is, we're very connected, we text all the time, he, very driven, very strong, very bold, very visionary uh -huh. and very um, generous, mm -hmm. very, the people he loves, he loves. Yeah. He, I mean, all over the country I run into guys saying, you know what, pastors, when I was sick in the hospital, John called me. Wow. When I when I got fired from my doctor, John called me. When when, when something, something you know I I lost my memory, John called me. Yeah. And I mean that's the part people don't know. He's so generous. He's so caring. Yeah. He he 
He remembers names. He knows who people are. So he's got this wonderful balance of drive and push and we're going to make progress. Right. Yeah. And, and yet, wow, is he one of my dearest, closest, most precious friends ever. That's cool. Yeah. 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 I love hearing that because I think it speaks so much to, you know, when you see somebody have the level of impact and success that he's had mm -hmm. over these however many decades, it, when you hear that that is who he is behind the scenes, I mean, that, that is what inspires you to go, okay, great leadership is out yeah. there. Like, yeah. you know, somebody yeah. who speaks this, lives this, breathes this. But can I tell you one story? Please. Yeah. So. My mom died. This isn't a bummer story. My, my mom passed away unexpectedly in 97. Mm. She was tooling around in her little Volvo. Um, she was only 66 years old. Wow. Just an, an instant massive stroke and she slipped quietly away. And it was traumatic on all of us because none of us were expecting it at all. Sure. And uh, I got a phone call from John like an hour later. He was doing what he was always doing he was often speaking in some conference to a gazillion people right, right stopped what he was doing in the conference got on a plane flew home he was in my living room the next day i will never forget that of and he sat there and cried yeah. with us and we, yeah. that's john maxwell that's cool yeah yeah uh, that that um, that just makes me happy yeah. i don't know if i've ever told you this but uh the short story, and if people have read the Four Dimensions book, they've heard, they've read this from me, but uh, in one of my early like leadership debacles, I had my boss at the record company say to me, if you want to work with people, you've got to learn how to love them to lead them. Mm. And uh, so it was one of those like key turning points for me in like, trying to frame up what healthy, God-honoring leadership looks like, and it starts with love. And, uh, and so that conversation triggered me figuring out, okay, I need to learn more about leadership, and I got my hands on a Maxwell book. And so the first John Maxwell book I read was The 21 Most Powerful Minutes in a Leader's Day. And it's the one where he takes the 21 laws, but he looks at a biblical character and, you know, kind of in devotional style and packs it. And, um, and so that was, that was my first introduction to Maxwell was that book. And uh, anyway, so like, and that was probably the first book I read that really was about leadership because I was maybe 23 years old. So... It was, you know, it was the oh, I need to, I need to study this. I need to understand what this actually is. So my, 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 um, just appreciation for leadership and John being one of the first people that I say I learned from mm -hmm. leadership-wise. Um, so it's just really cool to hear those stories of He's the his, real deal. Yep. his character and integrity and yep. all that. So what would you say? I mean, again, I there's so much I see as I hear you tell stories about John. I see so much of what you share about him and how you lead and what I experience from you, which is just phenomenal. What would you say are some of your uh, greatest learnings as a leader? Well, s sparing the story I often tell, um, I'll jump right to a principle. Sure. And, and I, I don't know that I'm the first person he said it to. Certainly he had never written it in a book yet, but I... It was a, a story that happened way back then, and I remember him uh, sitting in his office. He said, "He said, Dano, he said, I, I'm making this story really short. Yeah. He said, I know, I know you really care about people. I know you really love people, but you're really lousy at showing it. You, oh. you don't demonstrate it very well. And and the, and then he said, the, the line that you, if I start it, you can finish it. But I, it may have been the first time it, you'd ever. He said, Dan, people don't care how much you know." till they know how much you care. That changed my life. Sure. And he said, yep. you're gonna to have to figure out 
how to, because you, you obviously, I know you, you love people, you have passion for people, you care about people, but you don't, you don't let it out that well. They don't know, you're, you're, you're running around you're trying focused. to focus, you're trying yeah. to save people for Jesus, you're trying to do your job. Yeah. He said, Jen, you're running right by your job. They're called people. <laughs> and, and so he, he taught me to slow down and, and give space and breathe and look people in the eyes and focus and, and, and then what was in me kind of came out. It, it just came, it came out. And so that's one of many, uh, many things, you know, people don't care how much you know. Now, of course, that's a famous saying of John's and, right. but, but famous saying or not, that changed my life. And there were yeah. so many like that yeah. uh, where it just poured in and invested. Yeah. So that's one. Yeah, that's so I've good. almost forgotten your question. I start telling stories, oh, no, and so you can go back and remind me if I go off in the woods. Those stories are good. Talk for a minute about, I'm, and we're meandering, this is kind of fun, because yeah, I just this, love, this. everybody's getting into sit-in, you and I having a cup of tea together yes, kind of thing, right? Yes, yes. Um, but t tell me a little bit about, so you, when you left Maxwell, and you went to work for 12 Stone. Yes. Um, so you've got a new leader you have to learn. Yes. Let's talk about that. Fun. Because I think that's a big thing for a lot of us that sit in second chairs, you know, and are great leaders in your own, you're a great leader in your own right, but you're coming in, serving, an, an, you know, another leader, learning a new leader. Well, tell, tell us a bit about that transition. Yeah, it, it's, a, it, it's a great question, a great thing to bring up. I think there's always, I always like to talk in terms of a picture of a relationship. Uh-huh. And when I talk with XPs really everywhere, I always, one of the questions I always ask is, tell me the picture of your relationship with your senior pastor. Okay. Meaning like president, vice president, you know, or, or what's, what's the relationship, you know, Batman and Robin, whatever. What's, right. what's the relationship look like? Yeah. So for John and I, it was always Paul and Timothy. Okay. It was very, now that was we didn't announce it, but right. it was just everybody That's just kind of knew. It was a Paul yeah. and Timothy, yeah. and and to this day we're very much friends. But it's a Paul and Timothy. He's out in front. Right. Period. Kevin and I very clearly from day one were a Lewis and Clark. Oh. We were we were like partners on a journey off the map together. Each of us brought something to the table. Yeah. Each of us brought certain skill sets. Kind of we, we walked together. With, uh, clearly he's the boss. Yeah. Clearly he's a senior. But he never treats me that way. He's never 19 years has ever treated me that way. Sure. Even though I I certainly honor him that way. Right. But we're kind of a partners on the path together, off the map, figuring it out. Right. No plan B. Lewis and Clark. So it's a it's a picture, and I think. Once you figure out what the relationship looks like, you do it better. And here's the, here's the reverse of that. The men and women that I talk to who are XPs, I'll put it in more of a linear, that's a picture form. If you put it in a linear form, um, if they don't know the picture, that means they don't know the expectations. Right. And when you don't know the expectations of each other, the relationship never works. Oh, that's so good, and you're so right, because the, I love the picture of that, of just trying to find those those comparisons, because that, that's two very different leadership styles. Very different. And, and, and you operate different, yeah. Yeah, and, and learning how to adjust and adapt, and I think in a second chair, it's your responsibility to adapt to your leader, uh, for the most part. Would you agree? How would you define, I mean, I think there's a both and, but... Definitely. We, we adapt to the leader because we, I, I, I would say it this way, we bow to the vision, yes, so to yeah. speak, and, and we add to that, if that sounds weird, we saying bow. Um, one of the principles we operate by at 12 Stone is MVS, Mutual Voluntary Submission. Right, okay. And so when you blend that into the culture, yeah. then 
bowing to the vision or, or deference to the senior pastor or going to their language, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's such a key piece. You know, I see a lot of times when we make transitions that uh, learning that new leader and then figuring out that new relationship because it does look different. And you know, we're at the XP seminar, so we're talking. We're here among a lot of executive pastors, and um, so we're in executive pastor mode because you and I both had those roles. But um, you know, that's a that, that role itself can have a, a zillion different. Uh, job descriptions because it's so it's such a pairing to that senior pastor role correct and so once you understand I love what you said earlier for you and John in those early days it was what's he gonna do and then you'll do the other side of that yeah. right yeah and uh, and that's so, so often true especially in a, a first chair second chair senior pastor executive pastor it's like in that second chair we've got to figure out how do I complement that senior leader appropriately, and then I love the word pictures to help us kind of get a framing of. Yeah, what's what's the relationship look like? Yeah, and you know, and then that helps again going back to expectations. You know, accountability. What's that look like? You know, that, all that makes more sense when you get that kind of clarity. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. Okay. So it's getting louder on us um, it, around here. It so. is, it is. <laughs> so. I hope your listeners can hear. But I know. Well, and Ross, who is a, the producer of the podcast, he does an awesome job cleaning up. He so. can drop the background yeah. maybe. Yeah, we love you, Ross. Um, <laughs> so let me ask you just a couple more questions before we wrap up. What, um, what do young leaders today need to know? You know, a couple of things that, that, that I seem to end up sharing more often than others. I'll just do that as we wrap. One is, is well, let me, can I start with a frustration some young leaders have? Sure. Yeah. Because yeah. I love working with young leaders. We have, most of our staff are young. We have 29 residents. I mean, we are a young leader. We, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you guys are we, phenomenal. We, we really love them. They're fantastic. But sometimes young leaders can get frustrated when they don't quote unquote promote fast enough or rise in, a, in, a, in their level of responsibility fast enough yep. or, or move to the ideal job that they want fast enough. And yep. I, I'll tease and say, you've been here for eight and a half minutes, chill, you know. But so what, what I often think is of, of value to young leaders is two things. One is do the job you've been picked for and, and grow it, build it. Right. So just if if you if you if you'll do the thing that you got picked for, rather than worry about the thing that you want, just right. just build it and 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 l learn and grow in that season while you're building something. And second, enjoy it. Right. I really want them to Don't enjoy it. it. Don't yeah. miss it. Enjoy it. It's not when we say build something and we'll notice. Mm -hmm. It's not a sentence. It's not a like do this and you know and maybe you'll get no 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 no. Learn and, and grow, but at the same time enjoy it. it it's building yeah. is fun. Growing is fun. Yeah. And and because the little analogy is fruit and joy. I know fruit might sound old fashioned, but you know John fifteen yep. fruit pr results right. Yep. Yep. You've got to have both. I love the little thing I do with a napkin. It's a great coaching conversation. I've done it for a gazillion years. Yeah. I li literally write two words, and I'll wrap with this. No, I literally okay. write, write two words on a napkin, fruit uh -huh. and joy, uh -huh. and I'll just turn it around and slide it across the table and say, talk to me. Uh. Tell me about the fruit in your life and tell me about the joy. Uh. Because almost every time, they'll, 
one is one is loaded and one is empty. Yeah. And you have to have both because uh, uh, fruit without joy is drudgery. Uh, you can't go the distance. And joy without fruit. Well, I'm glad you're having a party, but we're not getting anything done. <laughs> and so that's, that's what I really good. want young leaders to have is results, but enjoy the journey. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, Dan. I mean, because I think we're so. I mean, I, I, do you think are, in, are we more impatient as a culture than we? Absolutely, and I don't want to be, you know, the old guy who blames everything on technology because because right. I love to. I use technology every day. Sure. But I think the speed of our culture is lightning fast. Yes. In part because of technology. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I notice that in myself, and that you know, I find myself just more more impatient and more like you know, just wanting to accomplish things even faster and faster and faster. And I've always dri been a driven person, and so you know, so that showed up. <laughs> when I was a kid trying to walk at seven and a half months old. Um, so, I mean, the, the evidence is there from a really young age. But uh, but I notice it even more, like, this just constant intensity of, like, you know, I'm always fixated on the next thing instead of enjoying where God has yeah, me. And exactly. You and I were talking about this a little bit before we started recording of the, you know, just in this season of life and work for me, that sometimes just being present with the people, the leaders that I get to work with and serve with, right. instead of being worried about what's next, what's on, next, uh, right. making sure I've booked the calendar for the whole year, and you know, just all those dynamics. Um, okay, you have a new book coming out. I it do. Come out in a couple months. It comes out in April. Comes yeah. out in April. So, uh, the confident leader. Yes. 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 All right. I want to hear a little bit about that before we wrap. A little bit about it. Well, confident leader. Uh, I'm, I am very, very pumped about it because it's probably the hardest. I've, I've, of all the books I've written, I've worked on this harder than anything else. Really? And, and a couple of surprise features, uh, some interviews. Yes. <laughs> and, and that turned out really well. And uh, who knows who might be in that book? Surprise, surprise, hint, hint, Jenny. Um, and then and then a biblical narratives. You know, yeah. uh, for the first time I hired a, a biblical researcher to do some brilliant work. Nice. So some really cool things. But you know, the, what, I've, what I've really observed and, and, and seen in my coaching is that, that well, everybody's confident as a leader till they're not. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. some are overconfident, most are underconfident, but it's more of a roller coaster kind of thing. Yes. And I'm convinced that through a process of development, we can have a much more consistent quality of authentic confidence. Sure. Rather than, you know, it's up on Sunday and down after the attendance was low, right. you know, the setbacks drop, drop your confidence, and then right. you have to, how do you figure out resilience to come back yeah. and pressure? There's so much to it, but it's not a mystery. There is a developmental plan, and I've done my best to put it in a book. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah I love the title, and I do. I think that confidence sometimes feels elusive as a leader yeah. because it's like either I'm swinging over to ego and arrogance, yeah. or I'm completely insecure. Second-guessing yourself, yes. doubting yourself. Right, right. Yeah, and so I think just figuring out, I mean, sometimes I'll put the, I'll put the two words humble confidence together, trying to help me kind of right-size the, yeah. like, the humility to know God is, you know, it's a gift that I, I get to do what I get to do and I don't forget that and yet confident that God has called me, has placed me and given me the opportunity. And, but I can't wait to dig in and, and, and read what you've written and learn from you in, in this book. It's going to be great. So. Well, thank you for that. And, and uh, I think it's actually on Amazon and everywhere now for pre-orders, but 
but um, shameless plug, I know. No, I was but, gonna, I was going to let you do the sh do the plug, so we want because we want to check it out. Well, so. you know, we it, we've got to make it available. We want to, so yeah. But uh, I I am I really can't wait for readers to grab hold of it. Yeah. I think confident leaders going to make a difference. Yeah, it's so good. Well, and Dan, I'm so grateful for your voice, your influence, the intentionality in which you pour into other leaders. Mm -hmm. And um, again, I've known you for, a, it's got to be at least a decade now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, and just the, your faithfulness and consistency in that it just constantly speaks to me from afar. And every time I get to spend time with you, I'm grateful. I'm better for it. So thanks for your leadership. And uh, we're all going to be better for this book, too. So The Confident Leader, um, where can we stay connected to you, Dan? Social media? Oh, web, yeah. Uh, website? Just danryland.com. Perfect. danryland.com. And we'll put that in the show notes so y'all can check that out. Um, we'll link to The Confident Leader so you can pre-order that because pre-orders always help. So everybody pre-order. It's a huge help in, in boosting sales right out of the gate and helping retailers stock it and all those crazy fun things that go on behind the scenes to make the book world happen. But um, Dan, thank you. And um, looking forward to next time we get to meet in a hotel lobby somewhere. That's right. We'll do it. We'll do it. Thanks, Jenny. Awesome. Thank Blessings, you. Kate. Bye-bye.